ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and again, I have another special guest with me today. I love that because everybody I speak to is special in my world. Today, we have John Morrison with us, and I'd like to, first of all, welcome you, John, to the show. Thank you, Janice. It's great to be here. <clears throat> my pleasure. Um, John and I go way back in a, in a personal life way in that I always come up I'm always upfront about things, John. I've known John's family for years, and I've watched him grow up to uh, from a hockey uh, nut and a That's very right. skilled player to um, many different things that he has done that have brought him to his place today as a very experienced uh, businessman. So I just wanted to put that on the table because I always love it when I know people and and they're special in many different ways to me. So. And I will say too that I've heard the name Janice Porter over and over for my entire like <laughs> adult life because of my mom is so uh, connected to what you're doing and she just loves you so and then uh, obviously with the brother connection there's lots yeah. of stuff so it's it's kind of cool that we get the chance to yeah, connect in I'm, a more formal way today and hopefully we can add some some value through our conversation to the people that uh, that we're speaking to. Exactly. I appreciate that too. So let me tell my audience a little bit about you. John understands how tough it is to do outstanding marketing and still run a growing business. He is the lead consultant at his company, Get Clear Consulting, which is located uh, in our area of um, Vancouver. Um, uh, actually, Abbotsford, but it doesn't matter because we all work globally these days. So it's kind of cool. And um, with his company, they empower business leaders from all over the world by giving them the tools they need to make their marketing simple and effective. However, and we're going to get into this, that unlike other agencies that keep you focused on your company, Get Clear helps you de develop the mindset and message to transform prospective customers into raving fans of your brand. I feel as though, um, and this, this comes out very clearly, no pun intended, in John's new book, that he starts um, with the people, with, the, with your customers. And John recently published his book called Now Start With Who. Um, and I think we should just start there before I get into anything else that John has done, because um, he is very accomplished in many ways. I'm going to come back to that part of his bio in a minute. Because your book, Now Start With Who?, talks about serving being the new selling and about reconnecting with your customers because we exist because of them. So talk to me about that. Tell me more about it because I, I it so is in alignment with, with my thinking of relationship marketing. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's something that I'm, that I'm quite passionate about when I think of as an entrepreneur, I have all sorts of ideas and you know, you're an entrepreneur because you have all kinds of domains from ideas that you've had and <laughs> yes. you think, Hey, I could have a business for that. And I could have a business for that. And so what is a, what does an entrepreneur do when they have first have an idea is they buy a domain. Uh, but the, the next thing they need to do is they need to find a customer. 
And the way you find a customer is that you realize, is this a problem that I have? Was this just a, a question that I personally am struggling with? Or is there other people that are wrestling with this? And if there's other people that are wrestling with it, then you have a market, right? And you need to have that market or else it's just a hobby or just a, a strange idea that you have. So starting with who really says, will, will other people be benefited if this business exists? So to have an idea is one thing, but to have people that you can serve, that you can help, that are in need, that are going to value what you're doing. And I think that's the beautiful thing about business is that we're all doing that in some kind of way. If, if ignorance is the problem, people are creating courses. If uh, marketing is the problem, there's marketing agencies out there. Maybe you need uh, a service like uh, a toilet unclogged because a Barbie got shoved down there. You know, like, like, that's a real issue <laughs> in my house with, with three girls <laughs> under seven. Yes. But there's people out there that do these kinds of things, right? I personally have the, the value that you should never risk personal injury to put up Christmas lights. But the thing is, I love Christmas lights. So it just turns out that there's people that offer that service of putting up Christmas lights. And, and I love, so that's why I love business because I have many problems in my life, but there are many people who have great solutions and I'm willing to spend money. So I'm their customer and I have people that I can help with solutions to their problems. And I think that's the beautiful thing. If business is people centric and if you don't have people, then you don't have a business. And that's what start with who is really all about is how do you position your business as a, as a servant rather than just, I exist to make myself money at any cost. So with your book, though, you took on a huge giant, Simon Sinek, who, right. who says, start with why. And I think that was really brave and <laughs> very interesting. But you come, you, you have, you know, you have, um, it's valid, you know, what you're talking about. So how did you come to take that on? Or does he even know? Like, I'm curious, that's all. Yeah, it's a, it's a true David and Goliath kind of story, right? And I mean, I'm a fly on Simon Sinek's windshield at this point, uh, but he just wants to get <laughs> spray me or get rid of it or whatever. I've reached out to him and maybe someday uh, we will have an honest conversation about it. But honestly, like I was reading the book and I just wasn't convinced that people are going to care about your why. I mean, it's great that people are encouraged to have a why. And I think mm -hmm. in, in a world lacking purpose and meaning, the people are lacking purpose and meaning. And, and Simon Sinek reminded us that, you know, you need to have a driving why in business, you should have them too. But the problem is, what do you do once you have the why and you're, you're trying to get other people interested? The truth is we just don't have time for each other's whys, yeah. right? When I go to buy an Apple product, which most of the things around me here are made by Apple. Yeah, me too. But I don't know really what Apple's why is, nor do I really care to think about and have time to, to research it. I just care that Apple products tend to help me. And that when I open up my laptop in a, in a crowded coffee shop, there's a certain sense of satisfaction I get because the Apple is glowing, uh, right? Or I feel something because I'm connected to that brand, but it's really selfish. It's self-centered. It's all about me. Yeah. And I know that Apple's values are not all about me. They don't, <laughs> you know? And so there's a disconnect there because Cynic says that your why is super important. That's all people buy. But I would say, no, people buy stuff that solves a problem for them that helps them get to where they want to go. So I should probably say that a lot of thinking uh, has been inspired by a book called Building a Story Brand by a, a best-selling author named Don Miller. Now, Don Miller and I have gone back for years. Uh, he was once speaking at an event in, um, in Vancouver. We shared a piece of uh, pizza together. 
and so my grandma handed me a copy of his very first book, Blue Like Jazz, when I was 18. That was 22 years ago. And so he put out this book, uh, this marketing book called Building a Story Brand. And he was always my favorite author. I bought it and went all in and became a certified story brand guide. So I, here I am helping people with this book, Building a Story Brand. And then I'm reading Start With Why, because you have to read it if you're in business, if you're going to you know, have anything to talk about around a water cooler. And I put the two together and that when you get the why and, you know, this, this story-based marketing that really focuses on the fact that our customers are the hero and we're their guide, you put those two together and you have a very um, fulfilled life because not only are you achieving your why by helping people, but you're actually helping people and you live a legacy of, of having served well throughout your life. And, and that's kind of what the start with who is all about is once you have your why, now find out people that you can help. And, and start again, you know, trying to yeah. reach them. So, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, had a conversation this morning with a prospect uh, for some LinkedIn training. And I found that when I was talking to him, and this was our second conversation, mm -hmm. um, the first he'd been referred to me by somebody. And um, I got into, you know, what he does and his businesses and so on. And then I did a follow up call with him today to, to, you know, get him to do some LinkedIn training to, to hopefully be, have him become my client, which he did. Um, but the point of what I'm sharing is that um, I found myself, I know that I teach LinkedIn and the power of LinkedIn to people and the uh, way he can use it in his business. But I find myself doing so many other things because I care about the person mm -hmm. and wanting to elevate him in his business that I feel I bring more to the table mm -hmm. and, and he uh, will appreciate that, right? That you care and he'll figure out that you care. And that was probably a huge thing of why he trusted you with his business is because he sensed that you weren't, you didn't see him as, you know, a dollar sign hanging yeah. above his head, but you saw him as a person that you legitimately cared about that you wanted to help. And that to me, I feel like is how the business world should be. I think that's how, you know, God designed it to be is, is there's this thing called business that, that runs so much of the world and it should be based in real people helping each other out to figure out solutions to their problems. And that to me is just a, it's, it's a, it's a place that I want to be a part of it's And, and I think it's, it makes exciting to show up at work every day and say, I can actually help some people grow. And LinkedIn just happens to be the thing that you're doing mm -hmm. right now that's helping people. Right. But the bigger picture is that we can all serve each other in some way and you have your, your piece that you do. And the better mm -hmm. you know who that is and who it helps, the clearer you're going to be. This mm -hmm. is, you know, when I, Janice Porter show up to work every day, these are the people I help and this is what I do to help them. And I think that's uh, a, a cool way to um, approach your business. So um, I love the name of your company too. I mean, um, <clears throat> get clear. It's it, it... Like it's, it's clear, all right. It's clear. At least it has to be. You know, when you put out a name like "Get Clear," you better not be vague or exactly. confusing because your name, literally, your business card confronts you every single time. That's right. That's right. So when you're clear on, so is it about being clear on your story, the the story brand, or is it being clear on who your client, your best clients are? You know, like. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably both in the sense of the, the thing about our story is that nobody really cares about it. And that was my critique of cynic is that nobody actually cares about your why. Yeah. Um, you know, your mom cares about your why and your spouse pretends to care about your why, but they're kind of checking their phone in the process. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. Tell me about how excited you are about whatever. 
but the the rest of the people, like the ones you actually need to reach, yeah. they're so busy trying to figure out their own why and yeah. achieve their own why. So you have to figure out how does your why help somebody else and then you achieve it. So that's what, that's what it really is. That's what the who is about, right? So you need to be clear on the story that really matters, which is not your story at all, that your business does not exist for yourself. And that's kind of a life principle too. Uh, I have a life coach. Uh, I, I just like saying that I have a life coach. It sounds very posh, but I have a guy who talked to me once and I paid him for it. Um, and he basically, he, he set me straight. He said, John, I don't think marriage is for me. And I was kind of like taken back. So I'm like, well, he seems like a very respectful man. And he goes, yeah, marriage is not for me. You know, I realized that if, if I'm going to make marriage work, I have to make it about something else. I have to make it about my wife. And he says, when, I, when my marriage is best is when I'm not living for myself. And, and, that, and all of a sudden, he's like, I was like, oh, you got me. Like, sucker me right in. And I took it hook, line, and sinker. And I never will forget what he said because he said, I think it's the same with our businesses, that our businesses are not for us either. Uh, our businesses function best when we're serving other people. And so that's the clarity that we need to, to, to realize that when we market us, ourselves, we can't market like our human nature is to just talk about ourselves, right? You meet somebody at a networking event and when they just start talking about themselves and their accomplishments and how great they are and their third quarter growth and all the different things they're going to do, eventually they just sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, like want, 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 yeah. want. It's like, you know, yeah. you obviously are very significant in your life. You're winning your story. It sounds like, but really I don't have time to think about someone else's story because I'm really focused on winning my story. And that's my laser focus is how do I win my story? We're all like that. So getting clear is really about how do I market my business in a way that's clear to the people that I want to reach? So I need clarity on who I am, on who I serve, what, how I serve them and what the outcome is. And then you can start building your website, your sales letters, your mm -hmm. social media campaigns, everything. Cause it's like, I know who I'm going after. I know what I do for them to solve a problem. And I know the outcome that it provides. I've built a company around that idea and wrote a book, uh, start with who is the theme of that. You know, that's the theme mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people who are very clear they don't know though how to talk to people still, right? Just like you said, the guy that goes on and on and on, like Charlie Brown's teacher, because they don't make it about the people they they serve. And mm -hmm. and and so they're not your customer, obviously. Well, I would say, you know, the people that I want to help are the ones that realize, like, holy, holy cow, like we have a great product. We're just not really good at at talking about it. And, you know, so that's the thing that I, I see opportunity because if you have a great product and you're profitable in some way, or at least the, the lights are still on and, and your marketing is off or your wording is off on your website, it's maybe me centric instead of customer centric. Uh -huh. You just take those words and the words are the cheapest part to change on a website, right? Like getting the designer and stuff and mm -hmm. all that stuff is like the coding is difficult mm -hmm. and the engineering is tough but literally backspace and, or select all and yeah. you cut it and then write something new yeah. is the, one of the cheapest things. But that is the difference because the words on a website are actually the most compelling. So most of us, when it's time to put some words on a site and we got to talk about our business, we just, we just do what we do default. We talk about how great we are, all the awards we've won and how amazing this is. But that doesn't do anything, just like at a networking event, it doesn't do anything to reach the head and heart of the people that your business exists to serve. So I see someone that can't talk about themselves, they're struggling. I say, this is an opportunity. 
we change the words on your site to be more customer centric. And all of a sudden people are like, this company gets me. This is exactly what I need. This is why I'm on their website. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they're taking that clear call to action because we've worked together. You know, the importance, you know, the person will know like a clear call to action is so important that you always need to know what the next step is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, imagine if you were at, well, you know, you're out shopping and then you had all your items, you had your clothes on the rack or whatever off the rack in your hand. You're like, Hey, where do I check out? And they're like, well, we don't really know. I think there's a hallway down an escalator, you know, take that way. And then there's a broom closet, take the second left around the corner. You're going to take those clothes and say, you know what, forget it. I'm headed to the exit. You got to have a clear checkout. And so with companies that aren't clear about, you know, what that whole framework, there's a huge opportunity for them to grow when they learn the gift of clarity in their business. Do you have a favorite story that um, epitomizes um, a company that really gets starting with who? Uh, I mean, this, this probably is a little bit controversial, but um, and there's so many local ones, actually. I shall, I'll start with the controversial one just because it's fun. But you know who was a, a genius at this was Chip Wilson ah. uh, with Lululemons, the start yeah. of Lululemon. Chip, and I talk about it in the book. Uh, someone told me that he got canceled and I shouldn't put him in the book, but I'm like, maybe this story will uncancel him because I know that Chip was really criticized for being uh, callous in his words. And maybe he was, uh, but the start of Lululemon, I believe was genuinely uh, looking to, to help people in a very certain demographic. Chip had the avatar of his ideal client. He knew them exactly. He was professional women who loved being active and who had a little bit of money. So they were willing to pay for more than just jogging pants and a shirt when they went to the gym or did yoga. And so he wanted to create something just for them. And, you know, Lululemon is a global brand now that got started, uh, you know, in, in Vancouver, yeah. but that's a story of a company that really did start with who, and then just served the heck out of that market. Uh, there's another a local company, um, uh, Jane, Jane app. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but if yes, I booked, am actually, yes, you booked a chiropractic appointment and, uh, or a massage therapist, uh, they often in certainly in Canada will be using Jane software, but, uh, Allie, my, who's a friend, we grew up in high school oh, together. I know Allie. I know her. Yeah. So oh, Allie would be a great, Allie would be a great person for this podcast because, ah. uh, she really did, uh, because she was an ideal client of herself. She invented a product that she as a busy physiotherapy clinic owner yeah. needed an easy to use booking software because she had many people, many, um, associates that were working for her. And so they needed a systematized uh, software. And so she, she tapped her friend who is an engineer genius on the shoulder and said, can you invent this for me? And he did. And and now they're a global brand. And so yeah, that that's is true. A... Timing is everything though, too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, timing was right. The, 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 um, the physical, you know, the mechanics were, were able to be there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's a great uh, story. I hadn't thought about that. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. And she will often go back to that person. Like, will this be helpful? I forget what she, she names her company avatar, but she always thinks about that person that's sitting at the physiotherapy clinic. Uh, will they benefit from this uh, additional piece of technology that, or this feature or this new mm -hmm. development? And if they're not, then they don't develop it. But if they will be benefited in some way, then they will, then they will add it because they, they constantly think, is this going to help our, our customer. ideal customer? Yeah. 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 That's great.
And that's that's the beautiful that's the beautiful thing about having a who. I mean, the opposite is you don't know who your ideal client is. You're just creating features and products willy nilly yeah. for anybody because you think I I think it's a good idea, but it's not tested. You could waste hours, years, even thousands of dollars uh, trying stuff that that is for nobody, and because there's no market that uh, that is for. So you're just basically creating stuff for yourself, and and that's again just getting stuck in the why cycle. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. me, and I'm frustrated that no one else is buying in. It's because you're it's just focused on yourself. Yeah, that's so, it's really interesting. Okay, so um, I know that a couple of years ago you did a TEDx talk, and I I I have to admit I've forgotten what it was about. So, <laughs> the very I'm same curious. topic. It was actually yeah, the was catalyst. it? Okay, good, good. That was, was the catalyst for the book. Was uh, was my TEDx talk? Was I always wanted to do to to go on the TEDx platform? I don't know and? why. I just did, and I needed a message. And that's when I really thought like, this is an, this message of starting with who is an important correction. That's where I first publicly went and, and challenged uh, Simon Sinek's uh, approach. And yeah, and, and people, it was well received. And I thought there's more that needs to be developed here. So I took a 14 minute talk and turned it into a you know, 200 page, 200 page book. Now, um, did, was, so was the TEDx experience in itself a positive and good experience because I know how my experience of people I know that have done TEDx talks, there's so many rules and regulations and so on around it. Was it, was it good? Yeah. I think that no matter what rules and regulations were around it, I think it would be hard to, to, for me not to enjoy that kind of experience. I think growing up, growing up, if I saw a stage, I would be like, Hey, is that a stage? Like in a microphone? Like you think I could have five minutes up there? I, I'm not sure what I'd say, but I could do For that person. I, yeah, I was, that was literally me. And uh, so I was, uh, I was keen to do whatever. And you know what, honestly, in my experience, they, there wasn't a ton of like, you can't say this, or you can't say this. They were very flexible, the organizers and the TEDx itself movement is very is very uh, fluid in the sense of it's it's not as centralized as we think. It's really based on that city's event organizer is responsible, and if they don't like your talk, yeah, they won't put you on the big you know, the big website. But for, in my experience, most talks get in there. They just maybe get buried a little bit. By yeah, the my involvement with TEDx was helping organize one up at CapU. That was that was my experience. Right. And there were so many rules and regulations, but it was an interesting experience. And I forget the the top, the theme of it at the time, but it was interesting to to be involved in. Yeah, it. it's funny because they everyone has a theme, but yeah. I asked the organizers like, how how important is this theme? And he's like, it really nobody talks about the theme. Like, you just do your own thing. Oh, okay. The talks are standalone talks. By the end of it, like. It's not like I can even remember any of the talks of the <laughs> colleagues that went that shared a platform with me that day. And it's okay. not like our, our talks are being lined up. You know, here's all the ones on this topic. Right. 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 They're all standalone things. So, yeah, it was kind of funny that they do a, a theme because maybe they, maybe it's because they need to have to think oh, of it that way. Yeah, sure. And it, I mean, the illusion of structure and organization is, is, is there for sure, but no, I had a great experience. It, I, if anybody wants to develop their thought leadership or be, or plant their, plant their flag on a certain issue or problem, it's a great, it's a great thing to start and to have that logo on your website and to, or on your LinkedIn profile, I should say mm-hmm. it's, no, it's, just a, it's, just, it's an authority badge in our yeah. culture today, right? So yeah, for sure. No, no, that's that's great. And I understand uh, as if you don't have enough to do that you're taking your MBA as well. Yeah, I think that was a COVID decision. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. My honestly, my background is in in ministry, so I've already done a master's degree in in yeah. arts, and it was philosophy and science and stuff. So you know, you can imagine there's not a ton of uh, my vernacular that I learned at that master's that I'm using today. So there was a, there was a lot <laughs> well, of stuff. And I also well, I know you got you went to Oxford, right? Um, I did. Yeah. Was that for? Um, that was more for philosophy, you know, just a, it was just a one year, one year graduate. Right? Um, I wanted to go for four years. That's another whole story. I, mm-hmm. I basically didn't, uh, I spent a little too much time. I was playing on the Oxford hockey team and probably should have focused on my marks. I was literally 0.5% away from, uh, continuing on with my doctorate there. And anyways, that kind of fell apart in one email that I got. <laughs> Uh, from them saying they'll be an amazing experience nevertheless oh fantastic fantastic and you know what some would say one year in england is is plenty so i was happy to come home let's just say yeah and and start a new a new chapter of my life and then that's it was right after i came home from oxford i was heartbroken a little embarrassed that i didn't get the mark that i that i thought that i broadcasted that i was going to get yeah. And then came home, met my wife and three, three babies later, here we are and uh, starting a, a new journey. So it's- yeah, see, I mean, everything's there for a reason, right? Everything happens for a reason. You had an amazing experience by being away from home, being at Oxford and you were, did you see yourself at that time when you were uh, there as um, being in the ministry was, was going to be your life's work? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's where I was headed. That's what I always wanted to, to do. Um, I mean, I wanted, that was after, like, I wanted to play in the NHL that, that dream yeah. died at about yeah. just before I was 20. So I had a few years to recover and then kind of recalculate, but that's where I really developed my passion for people Yeah. yeah. and, and creating systems that were people centric. And so that's the thing is people think, Oh, when you're a pastor, you know, if anyone's in trouble, that they should always be able to call the pastor, but in a church of, you know, seven, 800 people, mm-hmm. you're going to burn out really quickly. If you're the, right. if you're the one that the only person that people can go to. So creating organizations that are people centric, it was really something that I, I had to uh, prioritize because mm-hmm. if everyone's coming to me and I'm trying to run a young family and I'm on the phone the whole time or answering distress emails or going to every hospital visit or doing every wedding or every pre premarital counseling or every postmarital counseling. <laughs> if I'm doing all that, then, you know, I, there's, there's, I'm a finite person. So I had to learn how to create leaders. How to who scale. How to scale. Leaders, how, yes. Yeah. How to scale your values that people are important and people are worth it. And people are, um, you know, they matter. And now it's the same thing just transferred over to the business community, right? Now I can just say like in your business, people are matter and people yeah. are important and your staff need to value the same things that you value. And it can't mm-hmm. just be something on the wall. It has to be something on the phone mm-hmm. and in every email and creating truly customer centric companies, I believe is the only way forward or else people like we have these Tupperware detectors and we can smell plastic from a mile away today. So what would your advice be to... Um, a, a startup company that, um, oh my goodness, I, I'm just seeing it happen with a company that my daughter just got hired uh, to work for. It's a, it's a, it's a word burgeoning. I don't know if that's the right word, mm-hmm. but it's, it's an up and coming industry that's just happening. Everybody's new to the company. Everybody's trying to figure out what the process is for this department and that department. I mean, it's kind of chaos, hmm. you know? And so 
I don't know, because I'm not there. I don't know what's coming from above, you know, from the leadership in the company Mm -hmm. and whether it's enough at this time or whatever. But what would you say to a company like that to, to make sure that they're doing it the quote right way as we Mm -hmm. believe, which is customer centric. Right. I would say probably start with a unifying story. And the story can't be about, you know, we're a a young startup that's going to go conquer the world and here's how great we are and all that. Because again, that's a story that other people just won't buy into that are outside of the company. Uh, I would say the story has to be about here's a person that right now without us is struggling and here's what they're struggling with. Uh, You know, name them three things and here's what it's doing to them. You know, name that it's stressing them out. They're they're losing sleep because of it. They're my gardeners can't believe it. Can you hear that? Oh, sorry. Oh, can you hear the gardeners? Oh, now I can. Oh, cut in and out. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, what are the what's it doing to them? It's keeping them up at night. It's causing them stress. Uh, they're not connecting with their family. Their business isn't growing. Whatever it may be, you got to be very clear on those pain points of what's happening, and then just say like, the, they're looking for some help, and then we're going to show up in their lives at this point, and we're going to help them. We're going to lead them out of this pain, and we're going to get them to a better outcome so that they can win. And, and that's what, here's how we do it. We do this, we do our piece of technology, we do our uh, course or we do our, whatever it is that their service that they offer. Um, so that's how we you. get them from pain to uh, ideal outcome. And we, and that's all we do every single day. We take people from pain to ideal outcome, pain from ideal outcome. And, and then rally the team around that story. Mm. And then they know that every single day we show up to work and we are achieving a greater purpose for this person. Maybe you can give them a name or, or just a, a, an avatar. At least mm. they know who the kind of type of person that they're, they're serving. Mm-hmm. And then you could build a company around that story. And then it, mm-hmm. the story is good. The story is ethical. It's philosophically sound. There's a market for it because we know there's other people who are living that story. And, and then just do that every day. And then your policies and um, values, they'll all come through. <laughs> the policies will follow uh, an inspiring story, right? And so that's maybe that you asked for my advice that mm-hmm. that would be the start would be start with who mm-hmm. you're helping, what's their pain point, what's the solution and what's the outcome. So just, just as an aside, if the company or if the, if the, yeah, the company is all about entertainment in a sense of it's not a live or die thing, you know, right. it's not a, an essential service, so to speak, then it's still about still the same thing, right? It's still having their clear story of who they serve and, mm-hmm. and how they serve them. Yeah. Well, entertainment does serve a purpose. I think that's noble as well. Um, I think that, you know, entertainment, people need, need a distraction. People need to laugh. I think laughter is, is inherently good. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are people doing when they're entertained? They're spending time together. They're having a shared experience, right? You know, they, how many times have you ever quoted your favorite movie as a family or with a friend Mm -hmm. uh, or, or even just to be inspired by something like it may be a comedy, but it may be a, a drama. Maybe it reminds people about the goodness of life or the importance of relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, you know a, a significant event of you know there's so many different things that that movies do uh, and if movies didn't didn't do that we would stop watching them right it, they grip us by and, and we, and we sh- do yeah. i have a favorite? yeah oh i have lots of favorite ones i don't know i was just sharing i was just sharing with my last my last call about the, the great epic movie uh, happy happy gilmore by adam oh, really? sandler 
Yeah. <laughs> but Adam Sandler uh, is is one of my favorite actors. He's funny. Um, but I think the thing that I like about Happy Gilmore is it follows the story brand framework so well. So you have oh, okay. a, you have a character in Adam Sandler who has a desire to protect his grandma, finds out his grandma's in foreclosure, and that's a problem, and he's stuck there, and um, and he needs to learn how to golf because he, he wants to get a big check to, to save his grandma from foreclosure, but he doesn't know how to golf, and he's a bit of a he's a bit of a hothead, so he's going to be in trouble if he's left to himself. But that's when the screenwriters and uh, introduce uh, this character named Chubbs, and Chubbs is a great was a great golfer. He's a professional, but then he got a uh, accident with an alligator bit his hand off so he's not golfing anymore but he can teach happy how to how to golf happy learns how to golf with chubbs as his guide and and he finally makes that big important putt so that he could win the big check so he can save his grandma and my point of that the reason why i love that story so much is because it's so easy to identify with happy gilmore the hero of the story but what we really need to do when we're talking about our business is identify as chubbs so we are Chubbs, the professional golfer who had our hand bitten off by an alligator, whose only job is to show up every day and help people like Happy Gilmore learn how to golf so that they can win their story. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what customer-centric companies are all about, is they show up every day as Chubbs, and they don't care about being the hero. They're the hero of their own story, but when yeah. they enter into someone else's story, it's all about helping other people win. Because people don't pay you to uh, to talk about your own story, they pay you to help them win theirs. And you know, and all the great all the great movies, Janice, follow that same pattern. And that's why building a story brand, I think, is so cool because it it identifies it shows you how screenwriters and storytellers have introduced characters like Hamish in The Hunger Games, whose only job is to help Katniss win the games. And then there's Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, and he's the guide who helps Frodo get to. Mordor to destroy these rings to restore Middle Earth. And then there's people like Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi, whose only job is to help Luke Skywalker understand who he is, learn how to use the force and defeat, uh, you know, to fly his little um, plane into the cat butt of the Death Star there. I always say there's only like five stories anyway. In the That's whole, right. Right. Like, and they follow that very similar yeah. pattern of a hero. Yeah. The a problem. Journey, we need to yeah. guide. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's the cool thing about our, about customer centric companies is that they don't want to play the hero. They want to play the guide. And I, and that's why I connected with building a story brand so much. And that's that whole idea of where start with who came is, you know uh, it's, it's really about the true joy of doing business is not to be focusing on ourselves and what we can get out of people, but it's to serve people. And one of the analogies I gave in the Ted talk and in the, um, in the book is really, we want a full funeral and not just the front two rows that's full of friends and family and, mm. uh, they have to be there, but who are the people that you're going to impact in your life that are there by choice? They're mm -hmm. going to take time on their busy schedules. Uh, and they're actually going to show up at your funeral to celebrate your life and eat egg salad sandwiches in the foyer and talk about, uh, you know, the impact you had with people. That's such a, that, yeah, that's kind of a really good place to end, actually, in that we've done the full circle and we have impacted people through our business so much so that our funeral is full. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll just tell this one last story. To oh, please. Uh, when I was, when I was pastoring, we, we were one of the biggest churches in town. And so we got some of the bigger, what we called community um, uh, funerals. 
And the community ones is just a significant person. Usually they weren't a member of our church, so I didn't really know them. Mm. But this one guy died and uh, his his name was Dale. I'll never forget it. And they told us, like, we're going to need the big building for Dale's uh, celebration of life. So uh, as the pastor of the big building in town, uh, I met with his friends and family and just started to learn about Dale and learned that he was just a, a local mechanic, but mm. he had been in town for a long time. And he was the kind of guy that, you know, when you had a problem with your muffler, he would take a look at your brakes. And when you had a problem uh, with your manifold, you know, whatever, he would just take a look at you, the rest of your car, and then maybe throw in something. Or I, I noticed this, this is the kind of guy that you love to have as your mechanic sure. and, you know, didn't have a Facebook uh, or active uh, tw Twitter account or LinkedIn profile, but he just loved people and he served them well year after year. And he built a business around that. And as a result, when he died, people from all over town came to celebrate his life. They felt indebted to be there to honor him. And, and, and that's the kind of life that I think, you know, Dale would be proud of. And his family was proud to celebrate is that his funeral was full of not just friends and family, right. but people that he touched throughout his career. And I thought that's the kind of funeral I want to have. And I may not be there. I probably won't be there, uh, but and, and nor will any of us, but it's nice to know that our lives will be well celebrated once we're, once we're gone Yeah. because all the money, you know, I spent a lot of time with people on their deathbeds and, uh, and just being there for them. And they never asked for their money to be around. They never asked for their toys or their technologies. It was always the people that they wanted around because at the end of the day, that's all that matters is the people. And we have an opportunity to show that in our business about how much people matter mm -hmm. and to create businesses around that idea, helping real people with real solutions that they're struggling for uh, struggling with and helping them achieve something that they couldn't achieve on their own. And that's why they need us. That's why they need businesses. Beautiful. Well said. And, you know, I always say that it's, I always like to put the heart in the heart in your business. And so it's really, you know, that's what we're doing. And that's what we're hoping that we're doing for people is, is, is that. So John, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom around, um, starting with who, how can people find your book? And I will, I, I will put it in the show notes and um, make sure they can, uh, I'll put your company, getclear.ca. And how can they find your book? Is it there too? Well, if they want to learn a little bit more, there's just an easy to rem remember um, uh, website. Now start with who.com. Okay, now start perfect. with who.com or just search it on Amazon. Now start with who. And then my name should be enough there. Awesome. And, uh, and yeah, Janice, thank you for the invitation and what you're doing to spread that message too. So it's just nice to know that there's like-minded people that we can have a conversation where we're basically preaching to the choir. And I hope that some other people would be, um, would be listening as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. And I always like to say uh, thank you to my audience. I appreciate you. And I know John would appreciate any comments. Um, and uh, um, <clears throat> I've just gone completely brain dead um yes anyway um thank you everybody for being here i appreciate you and remember to stay connected and be remembered thank you so much for listening to the podcast today if this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship and you think that others can benefit from listening please share this episode if you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. 
If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.